Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Katie Wardrobe is a music technology speaker, trainer, consultant, and podcaster who is passionate about helping music teachers through her business, Midnight Music. She runs hands-on workshops and presents regularly at conferences in Australia and overseas as a keynote speaker or clinician. Katie offers online training and support to hundreds of music teachers all over the world through her music technology professional development online community, the Midnight Music Community, and also through her series of free monthly webinars, which were attended by more than 20,000 teachers in 2020 alone. Katie is also the author of the Keyboard and Technology program for middle school students titled Studio Sessions, published by Music EDU, and the host of the Music Tech Teacher podcast, which has almost 150 episodes. It is my great pleasure to welcome Katie to the podcast this week. So welcome to the third and final live podcast episode from the floor of the TMEA Time 2023 conference. I am so excited. To have my dear friend Katie Wardrobe joining us all the way from Melbourne, Australia. She flew over. She's been here in Texas for a couple of weeks. And uh, every time Katie's in Texas, her sessions are absolutely packed. You probably have heard of Midnight Music. If you haven't, you need to stop this podcast right now. Pause it. Go on to the good old Google. Make sure you bookmark Katie's site. Katie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. I love being back in Texas because it's my first time since 2020. Oh, and that's we all right. know what happened in the, that yeah. year. And it's so nice to be back to an almost normal feeling. It feels normal. It feels normal. It feels There's very a lot normal. of people here. There's a lot. Yeah. Awesome. So, Katie, um, you and I first met probably a little over maybe 12, 13 years ago. Right. I got a random email out of the blue uh, from you to say would you like to come over and talk to our teachers at this conference in Australia I was so excited I I I think I took about half a second to respond and say (laughs) oh my god yes Um, and I got to know you over the last I mean you're you're a dear friend of mine I have the ultimate uh, respect for you but for those of you that don't know Katie Wardrobe and if you don't pause the podcast, go to midnight. Um, Why don't you talk about like a five, 10 minute snapshot shot of your career, how you got started in music and and how you got started in music tech and what made you think of, you know, your, your career in the industry, but what made you think of, you know what I think I need to do? I need to create a website to help music teachers. And I feel like it was very accidental. It wasn't planned at all. I'm not into, I don't know. I've never been that person that's actually had a business plan properly and worked everything out ahead of time and it's all just been free flow, which is not my personality at all. If you know me at all, you know, I like I like things planned and I like to know what's happening. But, right. it, you know, stuff happens. But um, I, I did do a music degree. Both my parents were music teachers. 
I sort of say where because they're both 76 and they, they can't stop. They will not stop. So my dad, I think, still has a, a couple of students because they cannot let him go wow. as a teacher. He's like... I'm ready to stop now. And they're like, no, please, just can you see us through this next stage? Okay, whatever. And what do they teach? What instruments are they? Or well, voice my, or? my dad was uh, head of music over, I mean, our music program's different in Australia, right. of course, but he was head of music over three campuses of a private school. Oh, wow. And my mum was the primary elementary music teacher at one of the campuses. And my dad's an orchestra conductor. That is him through and through and choral conductor. Okay. We have a massively strong choral background in our family and because they're both English I have an intimate knowledge of English choral music oh, wow. which is unusual for being in Australia and wow. you know, yeah it's great so I love parents them. have English accents but you're, you're my dad still does my mum's is very neutral yeah. she's kind of lost most of it my dad though totally he would not let it go I oh, think he, I think great. he does it on purpose <laughs> <laughs> well, my mother my mother's been living in the United States for a long time i won't say how long but she has a tiny lilt still of her yeah. english accent i love uh, it yeah that's fantastic certain words actually um it's very funny uh the name michael he says the middle s s consonant like a t almost it's michael and then i saw some product name recently which is spelled it's like the, the the phonetic spelling of the way he says michael oh, <laughs> sent it to my brother and i'm like oh my gosh oh, look awesome. at this so funny. So you come from a musical family, yeah. and then what? What propelled? Did you? So you did undergrad uni, like? I did undergrad uni? Um, I did a teaching, yeah, music education, ah. bachelor of music, and I kind of stopped at that point really because I I left that job and I, I mean, the, sorry, finished the degree, and then I thought, well, I don't want to go straight into teaching I kind of want to see what else is out there and right. my parents were like whoa, whoa wait a minute what do you mean because I've been doing bits and you know you do bits and yep. pieces of teaching all through growing up and as a teenager I was teaching and I was doing bit and I feel like I, I am I'm very comfortable doing it I you're really an amazing enjoy teacher it. <laughs> thank you stop it <laughs> but I love doing it right. and so even I was like well I just want to see what else is out there I took a job in a, um, there's a professional orchestra in Melbourne, there's only two, and one of them is the one that plays for the ballet and the opera. Mm -hmm. So I took a job with them after a couple of other jobs, and, and that was sort of... Oh, wow. In, yeah, so I, had an, I started their education program there, and so that was... It, I can't help myself, I'm just right. education right. all through and through, but working for this orchestra was fabulous because it was in the, the main art centre in Melbourne, was where my office was, and center of Mel beautiful place oh to my work. Goodness. I had no idea. Uh, That's no, so well, cool. <laughs> and then we would get, of course, I I had to go and check on other staff members who were in the hall while they're rehearsing the theater, while they're rehearsing the ballet. So, oh well, while I'm here, I'll just watch part of the dress rehearsal. Right. Oh wow. And going backstage, it was fabulous to seeing row. I mean, you know this life yes. too. Rows and rows of ballet slippers. Every, just right. so many, so much, and costumes and people. Anyway. It was a great, a great time, but uh, I've sort of finished up with that. And um, our mutual friend, James Humberstone, oh, who yeah. was working at Sibelius at the time, uh, I think, I can't remember how it happened. He basically rang me and he said, you, would you like to work at Sibelius? And I just went, sure. That was how I got that job. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and so I started working there and it was just a part-time thing. But um, the thing I loved, and this is leading back again to teaching, Part, it wasn't a whole job, but part of the Sibelius job and, and a large part of it was working with educators because right. that was the biggest part of the market for the Australian Sibelius. And really that, that was what drove their sales in, in Australia. And right. we just, 
we went to conferences and we presented and we ran workshops for teachers and I'm like, you know what, the, the sales component, I could leave that yeah. quite happily, yeah. but I really love the teaching part. <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard, it's really hard because, you know, you want to do the right thing by the teachers and if you... I mean, again, if you're working for a single company, it can be difficult. Maybe yep. it's not always the best choice for the teacher. So, wow. so I, I love that part. And then uh, the the global financial crisis hit, and Sibelius got rid of. Well, by then they were taken over by Avid, and they got rid of I don't know 500 people worldwide. Wow. So my part-time job in Australia was never going to make that. Right, cut. right, right. So that finished, and then I thought, well. Whew, what else do I do now? And I thought, I just need to make enough money to replace my part-time Sibelius job, really, right. two or three days a week. And I thought, well, the thing I liked was doing these workshops for teachers. And so I just thought, well, I'll just do that in Melbourne. And I decided to broaden my repertoire beyond... It was not just Sibelius, but it was, you know, at the time, groovy music, Aurelia, yep. a musician of the family of, of Suite of Software, which, you know, you now have uh, such a big I, part yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I learned those programs, but I started to branch out and try to learn other things. And one, this is terrible, but one thing particularly, like at the time, I mean, I, I don't think anyone really uses it now, but Acid Music Studio, yes, yep. some school rang up and they said, can you do an Acid Music Studio uh, workshop, a full day workshop for our staff? And I'm like, sure. And then I thought, oh my gosh, it's two weeks away. I've never opened this thing. I have exactly. no I've idea. I've done the same thing. I've done the same thing. And it's the greatest way to learn it's something. This, oh my gosh. That Pressures, nothing will fear. focus your attention. <laughs> like you have, you have to get up in front of people yep. and run a workshop. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh. So I learned it. And then um, I think one of the good things around that time was me looking at other things and actually, and I still have this strong philosophy nowadays. It's not... It's not about a specific software program. If you know one notation program, you can open up another one right. and have a go. I mean, right. they all kind of work the same. They're not identical. The buttons are in different places, whatever. But you can work it out. It's the same It's the same sort of approach. And same with the digital audio workstations. If you've used GarageBand, you can use Acid Music yep. Studio. Yep. Yeah, they're weird and different. But I don't know. All of them are very similar. So teachers now, when they say to me, oh my gosh, my school switched from, you know, this set of software or this, you know, we've gone from Google to Microsoft or whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, Google Docs and Microsoft Word, they're kind of the same. It's yeah. not that big a deal, right. really. So, so yeah, the broadened repertoire helped. And then um, actually the biggest change in those early days, well, a few things. I got on Twitter in 2008. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like this was a, a really remarkable year. Yeah. End of 20, 2008 and 2009. I think that's when I met you, right I around know, there. Yeah. This turning point. And I got on Twitter because I'd seen people talking about this platform where you connect and there was an article in a paper. And anyway, I got on and I don't know how, but I found like you and Joe Pisano and um, Amy and Barb Friedman yep. and all these people now that we, you know, we, we all love. hang out a lot are, together. Yeah. And we all connected and um, Twitter was, I mean, it changed my life yep. at that point. Because yep. I was the only one in Australia and you guys were all over in the States. Right. So, And then I thought we had this conference and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I dare ask Jim if maybe he would come across and, and do this thing? So while you were going, you know, replying straight away, I was waiting like, has he replied? Has he replied? Has he replied? Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> uh, and still to this great. day, my wife and I talk about oh, that trip. It was so, great, so much fun. Such a great time. And but so, yeah. yeah, so then... 
because when I met you, was Midnight Music going in 2008? Yeah, and I'd had the business name since, I've had the business name since 2000. Oh, be, wow. Before 2000. Oh, excellent. Because I, I, I was doing a lot of, um, and I skipped this part of the story, I'm sure I don't need to tell you all the details, but I was doing a lot of copying and arranging for people. Oh, in Sibelius. In, in anything, anything, whichever. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, transcribing. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, tra I like transcribing. Right. And I did anything from pop songs for someone's audition that they right. needed because it wasn't like today where you could right. just buy online sheets. Yeah. You could to go to the shop and it wasn't there. Or choral arrangements. There wasn't a cappella arrangements for anything at right. that time. Right. <laughs> so I did a lot of that. But I wanted a business name which wasn't going to pigeonhole me to one thing. Oh, very smart. And so that was, and because I was working always late into the night, that was my midnight choice, music. midnight music, yeah. Very, so very still cool. today. And I've thought about changing it over time, but I don't know. Everyone's like, nah, everyone no, it's it. great. Don't worry about Do it. Do not. Leave it's, it. <laughs> it's absolutely... So, Katie, yeah. you probably don't know this, but I have my wife and I have talked about you and your business <laughs> so many times Aww. over the years while we're while we're walking our dogs, and I mean it. I'm like this fantastic individual found a part of the training world that is often overlooked, and I and I mean this with full respect and love. Is that a lot of music tech training is intimidating itself? Yes. That. The, and I've, as I've gotten older, I've started to talk in more and more plain talk on purpose because I'm not trying to impress anyone yeah. with my jargon. Mm. And most, even if you pull up a tutorial on YouTube and you say, well, how do I do this? The language that a lot of music tech geeks like myself use is intimidating because yeah. they don't, you know, when you say, oh, well, so first you open a DAW. And, and yeah, as much door. as we is, all are like, we yeah. know exactly what a DAW is, 90% yeah. of music teachers no do idea. not know what it no. is. So why don't you talk about your model, what you do, what, what the mechanics of it is. Like, I know it's a membership site, yeah. but if, if people haven't heard of your site, pause the podcast. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Um, it's going to be a theme. Um, why don't you talk about your business? What do you do? Who do you, who's your who's your ideal person to come and, and become um, a subscriber? And I, I truly love the, the one who says I'm a technophobe or I'm too scared or I've been kind of wanting to do this for a long time, but I'm, I'm afraid to. And the, the greatest compliment, there's this one teacher, I mean, I've had this compliment in similar ways over the years, and it comes back to that um, explaining things in a simple way, because if you ever, I have my own podcast, and if you ever listen to me on that one, anytime I refer to a door, I will also then say, that's digital audio workstation in case you haven't heard, and that's things like GarageBand, Soundtrap, BandLab, right. so that people go, oh, I know GarageBand, I know what that band. Is, yeah. yeah, okay, I, I get that. But uh, a teacher once told me, and this was really early on, it was probably 2010 or something, she said that was the first workshop where, about technology where I haven't felt intimidated, made to feel stupid, told that I don't know what I'm doing, where someone's just taken the mouse and done it for me. I was nearly, like, I was nearly teary, teary for her yeah. because I thought how sad that that's been her experience. Right. And I know that... It's the experience of, of many. most people, right. yeah. And I just thought, no, my intention from the outset has been, no, I'm going to explain it the way I need to hear it because I, I didn't know anything when I started. I was running workshops on things I had no idea about. I didn't even really have a true understanding of still many basic you know, audio concepts and things, and I'm still not an expert. I, I ran an Audacity session yesterday, and at the start I said, if you're here to learn, 
how to professionally mic your ensemble and do a great recording. You know, you're for in your the wrong you are in the wrong <laughs> workshop. Like, please, and I will not be offended if you go. Like, this is base. This is going to be basic stuff. Everyone stayed, and I thought, okay, I did my description yep. accurately. That's Disclaimer good. done. Yeah. And, uh, you're right. and someone came up at the end, and he said, I, I've I've been terrified of this stuff, but. I feel like I could have a go now, and I'm like, that is that was my aim. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, fantastic. Yeah. So, what kind of things do you? Because I know that it's just, it, there, you give a lot of stuff away for free. You I have do. a technology. Probably too much, but yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, what what do people get when they're on the other side of the paywall? Yeah. So I, it started out uh, because I was in Australia and running in-person workshops. I was getting people emailing me from the states or England or wherever and saying. Do you ever come over here to run a workshop? I'm like, well, I could, sure, you know, cover the cost and right. I'll, I'll be there. But that that was rarely going to be an option. So, in the end, I decided to start online training, and this was in the dark ages yep. of webinar software, and it was horrible. It was horrible. I, I was on support to people at Webex, trying Webex. to ask <laughs> them how that I could possibly share the computer audio properly with my webinar attendees and they could not understand what I was talking about. She said, just turn the speakers up so it goes back through your microphone. I'm like, no, that is not what I want because that sounds terrible. Right. <laughs> I don't want the audio coming out of my computer and going, going back into a mic. Right. I want it to go straight. I don't think they could even do it. Exactly. So it was impossible at that time, but I still somehow managed to run workshops and I did that I don't know maybe a couple of this is 2010 a couple of years of that and it was really hard work and I had to teach people how to get on the webinar because music teachers didn't know that at the time either so that, right. that was the first barrier yep. I had handwritten signs when people came on and their sound wouldn't work I held up a sign which said click this and then that so that you can hear oh, me because right. I, I thought well, I can't That's tell brilliant. them because I can't hear me so. Anyway, those, those were done for a while and they were great, but I couldn't do enough workshops that way. And, you know, it was only me and it was all live. It wasn't right. recorded. So ended up recording them and, and packing, packaging those up as replay passes to things I had done in the right. past four-week four courses. And then after a while, there was like multiple of these, multiple products that you're ultimately selling. Right. It makes more sense to just to put them all in the same place and you pay one fee and you exit. You get everything. Right. You right. may only need three things out of I don't know whatever there is a lot of a lot of courses now um, but it just made sense so it's a membership and you you join and you just get access to everything and you get PD certificates for courses that you can complete and some of them are short like an hour long and some of them are multiple weeks multiple modules of, right. of working through things so what, it's been what, great. Is, what, what is your most popular like what is the number one thing that you get from teachers like please help me with this <laughs> I don't even know if there is one thing. Um, or what are uh, some of the things? Yeah, like, what, some what, of the things. Yeah. Because I found over the years, you've probably found this too, that teachers don't generally don't know what they need to know. They don't and know so what they don't I know. Tell, right, exactly. I, I'm always saying, we're going to do this. And everyone goes, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to learn. Oh, I, oh, I really need that. But they would never think to actually say it in the first place. Right. So um, the really popular things, I mean... It, one of the most popular things during lockdown time was Google Slides, for goodness sake. Google Slides and then, I mean, Flip, Flipgrid, you yeah, know, Flip, yep. Flip it now, but Flipgrid was crazy popular, but, um, but realistically, Soundtrack, BandLab, GarageBand, so I've just had a course made, you know, we did right. that last year, right. multiple modules and that sort of thing. Um, and <laughs> in the last couple of years, Canva. 
you are you are the Canva queen. I, love I mean, Canva. I, it Canva's is. Passion. So why don't you just quickly? And we obviously this is a music first podcast, but we have nothing to do with Canva. Why don't you tell? Because I think. It, it, it can do so much so stuff. Much. Like it's, yeah. in, in fact, sometimes you're like, why are you offering this too? I actually don't like that about them. I think they, they keep adding too many features. Way too many. I, I, I think it's too much. Yeah, because now they've gotten like they're competing with Prezi. Media, and yeah, been, it's like, too oh my much. goodness. It's but too but much. Yeah. when I first saw Canva, and I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about it because I think it's a great resource. <laughs> my first thought was this is a great like way to make your your concert programs, like make them look better, make yes. posters for your, you know, for your classroom. Make, but why don't you talk, like what the heck is oh Canva and why gosh. do music teachers need to it's, know about it? And it's crazy. It? And Australian company exactly. also, which is fantastic. The, the, the woman who started it, it started as a yearbook. They had a yearbook software right. production thing going and then it morphed into Canva. But um, it, she's great because she's a female and she's Australian and she's like worldwide kind of known. Yeah. And, yeah, it's good for she business. She must be a billionaire at this point. <gasps> must be, must be. She's got so much support. Right. But um, so I was using it for my own business. I mean, right. every graphic that you see on my website is from Canva. We've yeah. done it in Canva yeah. in some way, shape or form. And, um, but I, I sort of started to think, wow, I think teachers really need to, at the time, maybe a couple of years ago, three years ago, Canva wasn't that well known with educators and they were starting to offer this free educators account. And I'm like, God, I feel like there's so much you can do in this and it's so fantastic, but you need to just see the end product and then you go back to how did you make this, you know, why? Yep. So I, I did a, I thought I'm going to do a course. So I did a course and oh my gosh, it was so popular. It was so much fun because part of the course was I made everyone do homework. <clears throat> so every, there was like six or seven projects which they had right. to do and they right. learned the skills along the way. And they would produce something at the end which got shared. And the, the thing that I did not see coming, which was such a brilliant kind of side thing, was that all of the things that the music teachers were producing were useful to each other because it was a poster design or a worksheet design or a, I've oh. done um, basic rhythm clapping worksheet looking beautiful made from Canva and everyone's like, well, can I have a copy? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'll set up a way where you can share all of the things. So oh. in Wakelet, another great tool of Wakelet, you can share yep. links and resources. I set up these Wakelet collections that everyone could contribute their Canva designs to. And if they wanted to, I didn't force them, but if they wanted to share the actual Canva template, mm -hmm. you can click through, open up someone else's template and then change it for yourself. It was, it was just such an, un, I, I, could, I didn't foresee that side of it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. But yeah, I'm actually here at TMA doing a session tomorrow where I'm talking about using tech for advocacy purposes. And oh, so I'm, that's perfect. Two Canva things, which is video, that you can make videos in Canva. Like when they added that, I was like, really, do we need that? <laughs> there's, need so that many other, there's so many others. Short, quick videos, yeah. it is actually really good. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. And also um, the concert program thing. They've oh, got some fantastic. great templates. Yeah. Very cool. So, so one <laughs> thing I've noticed about you, Katie, and, and you're, you're prob you probably learned marketing just by doing. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I love about your posts, and you're, you, you'll find you on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter and Look, to be honest, Instagram, I'm not going to say go to Instagram. There is some stuff on Instagram. Right. I am completely overwhelmed with all social it's, media, 100% yeah, of the time, even now, talking to you. And I, I, I have to take, I go away for a few months and I can't deal. And then right. I maybe come back. So I have someone helping me with it. So oh, good. Posts on Instagram are not generally me. 
Anyway, feel but free you, to interact. You, ha you have this perfect um, way of getting people to click on your posts, and I notice it. And it's typically like the top five things you can do yes. with blank, or yes. the top ten ways you can do this. And I don't know what, I, I, like, I'm learning from you. I, I started blogging again about six months ago. And a lot of it was inspired by your constant, like, stream of amazing <laughs> stuff. And I was like, I, I, and I started out promoting my blog posts with, I just wrote a new blog post. Check it out. No one clicked it. <laughs> then I was like, I wonder if I became, if I Katie-fied it, it and made it like, want to know about this, you know? <laughs> Click here, right? So, exactly. you know, those. I mean, how did you learn? Like, is that what is that what gets people in the yeah, door? Yeah, and and actually, that's a funny thing because there's a whole another side to my life which people don't see from the outside because it's the behind the scenes version. Is I've ha I've taught myself everything about online business right. in these twelve whatever years right. it is. And so I started with a WordPress site. Thank goodness I chose the right platform in right. the first place because that has been the right choice for right. me at least. And um, But I went to an online business conference event with these rock stars of the online business world. Like I met them in the Philippines. It was a number of years ago right. now, 2014. And anyway, I learned a lot of stuff. I really just looked at uh, the way people blog and the way people podcast and learned those straight up online business skills and just repurposed it for music yeah, education. Smart, yeah. smart, smart. And you don't want to be too clickbaity, but you do want people to click you through. You do want people to well, click. That's the point. So <laughs> how do you come up with your, like, what, because I do the same. I'm just interested in your yeah. kind of thought process. When you go, I need to write a blog post today, or I need, like, what, what drives your decision-making process to pick whatever you oh. pick? Well, it's hard. And I have to say, in the last uh, probably two or three years, I'm not actually writing, and it, there is credit given to the person who is, wrote, right. is writing the blog post, but we have few writers for the blog. So Katie and has a team. Katie has a team. That's fantastic. <laughs> and um, I have a content manager, Katrina, who uh, she either writes a post or she manages the other writers who are writing for us. And figures out what? And figures out maybe. Well, we talked together. We actually had a meeting here while I was here in Texas, and mm -hmm. we were almost on the same time zone for once, so that was good. But we, we chat about what's needed. But it's often not... When I write a blog post, it's like, what did I just hear about, which is really cool, and I feel like everyone should know ChatGPT or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I didn't actually do our ChatGPT right. ones either, but things like that. Like at the moment, I've, I've been at another convention here last week, and I'm, there's a couple of cool things, and I'm like, I think I need to write a blog post about that. So um, it's really whatever I feel is on my mind or that I've just learnt about, or in the case of that one that you mentioned in your session right. about you know the beginning of the pandemic and everyone's wanting to make virtual choir orchestra videos and I'm just like this is not the focus people like just right. stop uh, so now. I yeah I had to write that it was right. just I could not let it that was go. one of the best blog posts yeah. I'll, I'll put a link dear music teachers yeah I'll please put a don't make I'm gonna a find choir. it if I can or maybe you can send it to <laughs> yeah. me and I'll put a, a link to it Do you know the greatest thing on that blog post I have a lot of comments like I get comments on most blog posts right. but this one had a lot one of the people that commented, um, Eric Whitaker was the first one to do the virtual choir. Right, exactly. It wasn't Eric Whitaker, okay. but it was the guy who edited his first, his first virtual right. choir. I don't know where he found my, it, maybe it was shared on social media. He he said, yeah, I, I did this. He said, you're right. They should not, this is a lot of time. He said, even as a professional, wow. 
it's, this is not where people just finish. Yeah, it's funny because I, like, I always oh. mention him. I'm like, this guy does this thing. Everyone's like, wow, this is so yeah, cool. And now so all of a sudden, we're all expected to be professional ridiculous. video yeah, editors. Video editors, so insane. Which you know, anyway, it's it's been fun. But yeah, the the online business thing. Um, one of the early bloggers that I followed is actually an Australian guy, mm. um, and he goes by the name Pro Blogger. It's Darren Rouse. He actually lives in Melbourne, where okay. I live. Um, but he has things like, here's the, the structure of blog posts that you are popular to write, like a listicle, you know, six ways to X, right. Y, Z. And then he had all these kind of generic uh, types of, and I'm like, this is awesome. So this is what we do. Every now and again, we'll do the listicle. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, what, one, yeah. that's what it's, listicle? <laughs> listicle. Oh, I apparently. love it. So here's, here's um, based on all your experience training teachers, I have a couple of scenarios for you. I'm sure you'll be fine <laughs> figuring this out, but... I'm just super interested. Elementary or primary school music teacher, uh -huh. what are like their go-to, you should have this in your toolbox? Yes, um, such a good question. Whatever products, it doesn't matter, but like what, what should an elementary music teacher have ready yeah. to go? And it's funny because in my community, I've got a lot of training in different things, specific things, but I actually want to have a start here. This is, this is what you need to learn first, right. you know? And it, a lot of the things I think are not music-specific right. software. Correct. You need to know how to screencast. Like yeah. that's almost number screenshots and screencasting. They're like the number one <laughs> two for me. Yeah. Um, and then you know just presentation software. Learn it well, like because you're going to need it in anything for creating resources, to keeping yourself on track during a lesson, whatever. I use it to keep myself on track when what, I present. What do you use just out of curiosity? I use Keynote. I don't Keynote. want anything online. I don't want Canva or right. Google Slides because I can't rely on that. Right. In, in case in point, last week, which was an ed tech convention that I went to, some rock star presenters there. I think maybe they were Canva ambassadors and they used Canva uh, to present from in Canva, which is online, like Google Slides. Right. They had videos embedded online and every single video, there was one on every slide and every video spun around oh, no. in a little ball. At a tech conference. At a tech conference. And they were techie, they were really techie people. Right. And I'm like, this is why I use Keynote. Yep. Everything is offline and yeah. Yeah, Keynote is my, yeah. my preferred. And I, I just like it. it. It's very, it's powerful. Right. PowerPoint does more. I don't, I right. don't, I, I'm a Mac user, so Keynote, but All right, yeah. so presentation, so presentation software and screencasting. Software, screencasting, screenshots, know how to do them well, because that's all your creating resources kind right. of stuff that you need. But, but other than that, music specific stuff, I always say just know how to use a notation program and know how to use a digital audio workstation. Yeah. And I think that one's very underrated with music. A lot of traditional music teachers, we all know notation, right. but the digital audio workstation is so useful for yes. every music it's a Swiss teacher. Army yeah, oh my gosh. If you're using it with your students or just yourself to make backing tracks or uh, anything, oh my gosh, so many things. But those two, and you know, I, I love Note Flight and Flat at the moment, yeah. really are, are rocking the world, yeah. I think, and they're, yeah. they're the ones I recommend. Some of the other ones, I mean, I still use Sibelius, but it's overkill for most for most, kids. most kids, yeah i mean yeah. for for me when uh, back pre pre october 2008 when no flight launched yeah. i was a sibelius garage band yeah. that was my two go-to the reason for garage band is that it was free it was on all the computers in the school back yeah. then in the late 90s early 2000s apple ruled uh schools at yeah. least in in the united states and they kind of, so, you know, I had a garage band. My kids absolutely loved it. 
and then I spent the money on Sibelius. So I'd get, you know, I'd spend a site license for, yeah. for all my kids, and we would only scratch the surface. And oh. I remember when Note Flight came out, um, and I opened it up for the first time, I had that feeling where I, it's almost like the chat GPT. I yeah, went, it's like, oh. this changes literally. <laughs> I, the, the word game changer is the most overused and cheesiest word in marketing. But it really was. It was. It I really went, was. oh my God. Because yeah. before that, there was a program called Notation Station. I was yeah. like a little junkie. I was like, yeah. when so I saw NoFly for the first time, I was like, holy mackerel. And I, Loved at the time, I was, I was selling Sibelius doing a lot of sales. And I was like, we are, I'm about two years from being out of business. Yeah. I, I knew it. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, why wouldn't you do it? Why would you not? Right. Yeah. I mean, and you know, case in point soundtrack also i mean really that one too it's just i mean it's not that's not the same case as in the others are overkill because the others are great too and there right. are issues sometimes with online platform and recording audio and stuff but but it's come so far the thing is i found early on you'd be like i'm not showing this in a workshop it's just too the internet is not good enough it's right. not the, pro the product right. it was the internet and especially at a conference. Right. <laughs> but now, uh, again, I used it last week at this other um, event that was on. I wanted to, sh I said, this session is not about Soundtrap, but that's the tool I'm gonna use because I can share a template with you and it's online and it will work on whichever device you right. rock up with right. you know, today. So yeah. it just works so much better. But thank goodness the internet has improved at least a bit around the world. In Australia, we had much worse internet speeds than a yeah. lot of other places. I remember uh, Keith Huxtable <laughs> warning me, he's yeah. like, just so you know, the internet's <laughs> like one-tenth as fast there as was it is. A, there was a, a list that came out of like, in order of like the fastest speeds around the world, like Tokyo's at the top, whatever. Right. And then somewhere down at like number 72 was some West African country, no kidding, and then, then Australia after it. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, Okay, we are worse than, like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, so you got to get it that sorted. Improved. Okay, yeah, good. It has improved. It has improved. So here's a good question for you. Um, the notation software versus DAW, or digital audio workstation <laughs> debate, right? So I don't have that debate. So I, I don't either. I, I think it's, it's both. both. But um, when it comes to creativity, right? Which one do you think? Mm. I know it's context. I know yeah. that context has a lot to do with it. You know what but I'm going to say here. Uh, I'm going for the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for the door. Because there's just such a barrier. Well, you, I know you would answer this the same way. There's such a barrier that kids would need to know all the stuff about music theory before they're able to actually create. Like, right. you need to teach them. It's funny because I, uh, you probably remember, I did a number of um, how-to videos for MuseScore way back when it was not even version one, it was right. zero point something or other. Uh, and I wasn't intending those, I was intending them really for music teachers. It turns out that the majority of the MuseScore users, at least at that time, were not music teachers. They were like Kids. the guitarist in their bedroom who needs to share a chart with their friends so right. they can play in the band together. Right. And they're, they're creating notations. So I was getting all these questions about, I've. I've entered a note into a bar and then MuseScore has put extra things in it. Like there are risks gone into the bar. I did not ask it to enter this. I'm right. like, 
That's because it, if you put a, a quarter note at the start, it needs it to add up to four. So right. it's adding in the rest of the... For you. Yeah, it, yeah. that wasn't the way they were thinking, of right. course, because they right. didn't know music theory. Oh and my so, God. Yeah, so much better for them to open up GarageBand and play, just play, just play, right. whatever, to a metronome or not, <laughs> you know, just play. Yeah. Get the ideas down and then maybe translate that or get someone to translate that into notation. But, yeah, I... I I actually had this conversation with someone who I used to work with at Sibelius mm. and he was shocked. He said, what do you mean? You're, you're, you've gone from notation? I'm like, I haven't gone from it. I'm just, I just think it's a much more creative option for kids, yep. elementary, middle school particularly. Yeah, to me it's like the, the way I equate it is that if you were to go to a five-year-old yeah. right, and say, I want you <laughs> to create some art, so not music but art, um, the easiest thing for the kid to do is pick up finger paints or crayons and just start scribbling, yeah. right? And they're immediately doing. It, to me, that's what a DAW is for kids, where yeah. they just go immediately in and start messing with loops and sounds and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They, sometimes it sounds wonderful, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but if the notation software side of things, and, and, and I love, I mean, I started on notation, yeah, so the first program I ever learned is like, is like telling a five-year-old you need to learn the Adobe Creative Suite yeah. if you want to do art, <laughs> exactly. right? And it's just that, and, and the other thing is that usually notation software comes in at the end of the creative process just to document it so that yes. others can play it rather than the actual creation yeah. software. Again, not knocking notation no, software at all. It. So if, if Note Flight or Flat, you're listening, yeah. we love <laughs> we it. We love you. <laughs> um, but it's it's just a different mindset for kids. Totally different, totally different. I just love the, it, it's funny, over the years I've run a number of workshops for non-music teachers, teachers who are not teaching music, so they are not musicians. Right. Um, and again, this event last week, I, I ran two sessions, I did three sessions and two of them were in Soundtrap, making music for, one of them was ma making music for your multimedia project. Mm -hmm. So rather than finding existing music, let's just make something in Soundtrap, which is an intro and an outro for the podcast you're gonna record with your students. And right. let's do, so I, and I break it down to like, let's find a loop in the loop library. Let's make a, a drum pattern from scratch. And so we did it in the, the step sequencer thing. I said, put a, put a square here, put one here. Let's add another one here and here. And we had this good, backbeat going and then I said fill in all the hi-hats okay that's too much now take out a couple right, take right. out one in each right. little yep. group you know don't, don't make it the same one though each time vary it a little bit and then it's, like, it's a syncopated rhythm without them even knowing what that is I didn't right. label it that I just said doesn't that sound cooler and they're like yep that sounds yeah. cool so they walk out and the reaction almost from the non-music specialist is better because they're like Oh my gosh, right. I have made music. Yeah. I recorded and I've exported and oh my gosh, I have something Yeah, and it's what scratch. we've been talking about for years. Everyone is a composer. So, yes. There's a, there's a little composer hidden. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're probably loving it. Now, <laughs> when I last saw you in person, I believe, I was at one of your sessions at a conference <laughs> in... Adelaide. Oh my gosh. Right? So it's, it's a <laughs> bunch a of years ago. ago. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. I, it, I may have seen you since then, but I remember you were doing a session on Scratch. Oh, right. Right? Oh, my gosh. So for those of you that don't know Scratch. This is um, a long time ago. Yeah, do, you re do you remember anything <laughs> about Scratch? Or yeah, did you just, little. like, have to know it for I, that session? Well, I actually thought this should, I should bring this back because right. it's still great. I it's mean, amazing. It's still great. So yeah. do you, what would you recommend for, if, if you've never, do you mind me, like, no. putting you on the spot here? 
Um, why would a music teacher ever want to learn Scratch or use Scratch with their kids? I know, and, oh, and it's so much fun. Because the, the coding thing, and, and I actually had to kind of talk to people who know a lot more about this, the f philosophically, the side of, you know, sort of exactly why, why, but it's right. kind of like the question of why learn a language? It's not just so that you can converse with someone in French, it's because it does a lot of stuff, you know, in your learning and the brain, and like it's it's a fantastic thing for your brain to understand multiple. Anyway, I'm not explaining right. that well, but you get the idea. But scratch, I mean, scratch and coding, the same thing. And I think for me, I love that um, the combination of like kind of science of sound stuff with mm. music, or I mean, it's all one and the same really. But the ability to, for instance, physically make your own instrument out of some inanimate object and then get the software to actually play it in a drum pattern for you and you've just slotted together little instructions one after the other. Yeah. I mean, it's It's, it's just amazing. logic. It's just it's, logic. It's just logic. Right. And that's one of the great things is you're encouraging kids to, to learn and use logic and then actually identify why isn't it working. It's such a great problem solving activity without you having to do anything. You can kind of sit back and go, here's your assignment, you make it work, just work it out. Right, well you just said the oh most important really? words <laughs> about creativity in my opinion, is that I, I think a lot of teachers, the reason why they don't necessarily incorporate it into their teaching is they're afraid of Yes. What is creativity? In my opinion, creativity is problem solving. Yes, right? problem solving is such a good thing. It, it is. Yeah. So it, you know what most, I, you know, here I just I'm interested on your take. We don't get that much time together <laughs> no, face no. to face, so I'm just so interested. For those of you listening, it's just Katie and I just talking about the things we love the most and just interested to what we we have to say. I hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. Um, but most composers. Uh, when they get a commission or they get a job to write something, the person who's paying them the money doesn't go, ah, just write wherever you want, right? <laughs> They'll say, look, I need a piece for my middle school choir. I don't have any boys. Yeah. I've got a really strong alto section, yeah. but my sopranos are weak. Is there any way that you could write a piece for that choir where it's more alto heavy than sopranos? The composer will then say, well, what, what, do you have any setting of words in mind? So all three quarters of the work is done before they pick up yeah. their pen. Because, all right, I'm doing this poem, it's this mood, yes. it's for this instrumentation. And I think that those types of parameters in a creative problem solving thing oh. is all you need so to give good. kids. Because yeah. like you're saying with Scratch, what, what, what Scratch is, and, and I hope you all pause this podcast and go to <laughs> scratch.mit.edu if you want as something as simple to say I would like on the screen for there to appear a piano keyboard where kids can click each note of the piano and the piano plays the pitch that corresponds to yes. that note right that's a problem and kids unlock a certain area of their brain that tries to figure out, well, what is the logical sequence that I need to do? Yeah. And to me, the, the skill set that they're using for Scratch is literally exactly the same skill set that they're using for music. Yes, Composition. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just wish, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about no, that, but totally. I, I love, because a lot of teachers just simply don't know how to do creativity with yeah. their kids. And I think the parameters are so good. I think some people think it's too constrictive, but actually it's better. And like, I, I was thinking of so many things right now, but 
I love the parameters. And so one thing I did um, with this Soundtrap Band Lab Garage Band course that we've got is I wanted. I'm not a composer as such. I haven't. I haven't done commissions for things. Right. I haven't done any study. Nor, nor in have the, the majority area of, of people on the yeah. earth, right? But I, I think I do an alright yeah. job, you know. So my own problem solving. I set my own problems for myself, which is I want to create a short action style or suspense style theme of music to go with a short clip. Right. And and I'm like, I want to. I feel like there's some regularly used uh, musical kind of approaches Tricks, to right, this thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. I found the best video on YouTube, we'll have to link it, um, which was about cliches in movie trailers. I don't know if you've seen this. It's no. just text on the screen. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see. Okay. I can't even describe it. I don't want to spoil it. But it basically, um, you watch it and you go, yes, this is every, every movie trailer is this. That's it. It, has, <laughs> it starts with that, exactly that. And it has in it the, you know, the Hans Zimmer, boom, yeah. you know, yeah. dramatic thing, and, and it comes back again. It includes that, and I'm like, that is a perfect cliche. And do you know how easy it is to recreate that Hans Zimmer yep. in, a, in a software program? Yeah. It's a single note yep. played at about six different octaves yep. simultaneously, mostly brass, right. add a low rumble in something, I don't know. And if you can do it in GarageBand in the software, it does it really well. Boom, yeah. the, the bouge down yeah. the bottom. Anyway, and so I'm like, we're, we're incorporating that. We are incorporating. Yeah. So oh, that's, awesome. that's part of the course is like, okay, this is what we're creating. Literally copy and paste and add all these brass and just copy the same note and drop it down a notch. <laughs> anyway, and then I'm like, what else? And I had already actually done a suspense style thing in a previous workshop where uh, if you play a single note on a high instrument, like a violin, single note, and maybe it, it like grows in, in dynamic over time, suddenly you're like whoa what's what is happening what is going to happen here right. and these are such simple compositional techniques like you don't have you don't need to have any real music training to right. do those right, things right, right. hit record press a single note like what else do you need to do and and rhythms you can just find rhythms which are kind of like driving and you could use that in the loop library yep. you know and so these kind of like restrictions or parameters where you go, what are what's what are the elements to make up an action theme? It's so good to have those because you're not, it's not like, what do I feel like composing today right. out of everything in the right. world? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I need an action theme or suspense right. theme, like what is it going to be? And there's actually a great website which um, Ethan Hine at oh, yeah. uh, NYU, yep. he often references, and I'm going to forget totally the name, there's a place where Every single week, it's a group of people, and they have a compositional um, assignment. Right. And it's—I think it's mostly adults doing right. the assignment, but it's very specific. Like this week is a found sound composition. You must include one sound from here. Or this week, it's about—I don't know—the cycle of fists, and you must include a small portion of a chord progression which right. moves like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. There's very specific parameters. Oh, that's awesome. It's really good. And so they all compose. They and all you can compose, listen. and they all share on SoundCloud oh, or something, and they they tag and yeah, it's great. It's um, but I think these these parameters are such a great thing, and it's a better thing than it's a better thing to have a set of parameters for your for yeah. your kids than nothing. <laughs> all right, so Katie, I'm going to skip the advice question that I t <laughs> that I ask everyone because I kn the advice that I'm going to give to everybody is to is to check out Katie's site at midnightmusic.com.au or is it just.com? It can be just.com now. All right, it so just.com. Just <laughs> I bought so, the domain. <laughs> but I am going to ask you a question that I ask everyone, and I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't prep you for this, but it's I think you're going to have an answer. And it's what I call my magic wand question, which is if you could wave a magic wand and 
and have music tech, music, uh, you know, any software, any hardware, anything, do something that it can't already do, what would it be? I feel like I may have answered this question for you before, and I remember my answer, my answer last time was, I kind of wish Soundtrap and the other online software do, do video. Is that when I was video. on your podcast? Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what we were talking about. I think that. that's what yeah. it was, yeah, so video that and one. Soundtrap video for and goodness sake. That would be cool, they've been talking about it, I remember them saying it at the TMEA, I don't know, four years ago, something. They were like, yeah, it's just about there. I don't know if it will actually Well, come. I will tell you <laughs> that my good friend and your friend, Bob Habersad. Oh, yes. Right? I was I was hanging out with him at either Georgia or OMEA, I forget, or Ohio, and he's figured out a workaround. So I've you need to go talk of, to him. Yeah, I've got a couple of workarounds, yeah. but I feel like they still just work They still need it's to not, just do it. It's for not like in Garage Fan where it's very you can you can line up oh, it's exactly so when the chipmunk you know yep. <laughs> loses yep. his eye or yep. whatever <laughs> and just oh, pop wow, it in there. Oh, that was very Okay. <laughs> So, Katie, you are an absolute <laughs> delight to talk to. Oh, I am so thankful for you spending some of your time here at TMEA to, to chat with so us. so good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, uh, midnightmusic.com. Check it out. Check out all of what Katie does, the stuff she gives away for free. And, and I urge you uh, to at least trial or go behind and, and sign up to get some training from this fantastic music educator. Thank you so much, Katie, for being here. Thank you, Jim. So All right. good to chat. I, I, I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.